Hi, it's Natasha. And Khalil. And we are the co-hosts of Woken Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 188th episode of Woken Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesday, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything important to us, you, the world, and nothing is off the table. This week, we're doing another Woken Free story time called 21 Questions About Failure. Before we dive deep into this subject, we have a couple of things to go over. First and foremost, have you downloaded the episode on WokenFree.com through the Podbean app? If you haven't, please do so because that is the best way to show support and it's how you join the conversation. And there are comments to be had, comments to be shared. Make sure you do that Do that immediately. Now, when you go to WokenFree.com, you can also pick your platform of choice, which you would like to listen to the show at if you, for some reason, can't download the, the app, right? And so if that's the case, a couple of tears, but no fret. You can still listen to us and catch us on iTunes or TuneIn or Stitcher or Google Play or our YouTube channel, or you'll catch episodes on SoundCloud iHeartRadio, Spotify, and we're also on Pandora. So there's plenty of places where you can catch the show, even if you can't do it through the Podbean app. So please, please, please make sure you're subscribed and followed on any of those platforms that I mentioned. Now, if you also want weekly reminders, a really great way to get that about all of our new episodes is to subscribe to the show via email, which you can do on the homepage at WokenFree.com. And what's really cool about that is you can encourage your friends and family to do the same forward the that email that you get and say, hey, have you listened to this episode? So you can spread the woken free knowledge that everyone needs to hear. Now, when it comes to social media, we'd love for you to engage with us. We put out really fun and interesting content on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Yes, I said TikTok, Pinterest, even LinkedIn, guys. So you can find all of that at Woken Free. And then, of course, if you have 90 seconds, yes, 90 seconds, what could you do? You do a lot, actually. But what we'd love for you to do is to go to the Listen tab on WokenFree.com and pick on the platform of choice where you'd want to review the show. So we've got lots of five-star reviews on iTunes. Will you be giving us our next one? We don't know. We hope so. (laughs) But most of all, we just want to make sure that we're hearing and understanding how this show is feeding into your life. So make sure you're giving us our reviews so that we can continue to do what we need to do. Scene end, guys. Good job. (laughs) But I think we need to get right into the episode now. Yes, yes, yes. Question number one, how would you define failure? Failure is when you miss the intended outcome, when you decide you want to make the most sales for the month and you are outdone by your arch nemesis, I would consider that a failure, for example. That's a really specific and bizarre scenario. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that's a, that's a point. That's a point of, yes. Okay. A failure. Yep. Gotcha. So Merriam-Webster has the following definitions as to what failure is. An omission of occurrence or performance, a state of inability to perform a normal function, an abrupt cessation of normal functioning, a fracturing or giving away under stress, lack of success, a failing in business, a.k.a. bankruptcy, a falling short, essentially, a.k.a. deficiency, and then deterioration, a.k.a. decay. So... I thought that those were also very specific and very interesting how they were worded. The normal ones seem weird. Yes. That one to me seemed slightly offensive, actually. So, yeah. because what, I don't know, I think the word normal contextually is very challenging to use in our society. It is. And, 
And it's also, I don't know, it just seems anti-peace. Like, it's not the, like, the right way to go about things. But uh, I would personally define failure as similar to yours, but not with, like, the nemesis situation oh, a part of that. that. Okay. I would just say, like, you had an intention to achieve X and you and you did not achieve X. So you either undershot what you wanted to do and and or you didn't even get close to it but whatever like if you wanted to if you want to stick with sales and say hey i wanted to sell 10 sneakers and you sold two technically that would be considered a failure but but you know we'll talk about it throughout the episode but I, i there's other ways to look at that but yes that's one way to look at failure all right question two are people afraid of failure so on Psychology Today, they there's an article that lists, and all of our links, guys, will be available in the episode on WokenFree.com. And so in this article, there are 10 signs that indicate if a person has a fear of failure. I'm not sure if we'll go through all 10, but here are some really interesting ones to look out for. Failing makes you worry about what other people think about you. Failing makes you worry about disappointing people whose opinion you value. You often get last minute headaches, stomach aches, or other physical symptoms that prevent you from completing your preparation. And you tend to procrastinate and run out of time to complete your preparation adequately. So those are some of the uh, indicators of failure. And I would say generally, I think, yes, I don't think failure is generally embraced and I think that there there are issues with it because it, it makes it changes how people view you and view your level of success and also view whether they want to work with you. You know, there's there's consequence to failure. So I would say you there are physical and probably mental attributes that that's people are like, ah, I don't really want to do this. What are your thoughts yeah. now? Well people definitely have fear of failure. And another thing that you didn't mention yet is that the, this fear of failure actually stops people from even starting a goal. Mm. They'll just, they're so scared that they're going to fail. Yeah. They won't even risk the failing aspect. So they try to avoid it at all costs. Mm. So that that's how we know that there definitely is a fear of failure because people often don't do things because of it. Absolutely. that That is a really good point. Yep. Question number three, do cultures view failure differently? Probably because certain cultures know that you need to take adequate rest before going for the big goals Mm -hmm. so what i mean by that is in certain societies people are given two months of vacation and in other (laughs) societies you get less than three weeks kind of like the united states (laughs) most employers give less than three weeks of vacation so that's just a good little note to know no shade there yeah so i just know that 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 is actually a point of of failure is not having enough rest well, yeah, absolutely. So they're not so, so some people don't view failure the same. Mm-hmm. I think that affects how society operates. They're like, eh, mm-hmm. it's not the places that hold failure in high regard. They're going to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. To not fail, we're going to have to take away that relaxation time because we think that if when you're not working, you're more likely to be a failure of some sorts. I don't know. I think it no, might, it might have a, it might have a little key in how the societies view it, but. Either way, the, we know. I, I mean, I think cultures do view failure mm-hmm. differently. Absolutely, I, I think from a personal perspective, I would say I growing up in a Jamaican household, 
was definitely not taught to embrace failure. I think it was definitely taught as something that you should be ashamed about and that you, I was in control of preventing, even though, as we know, sometimes in life, you don't actually control the outcome of what's happening, but you always control your effort and you always control your mindset that you put towards something. But sometimes outcomes are not controllable. A lot of times they aren't actually. And so that perception or that standard of excellency in theory might sound really cool and ambitious, but in reality can create a a psychosis of having a fear of failure because you're so locked onto the idea that like, if I do X, I should always achieve Y. And that's not always going to be the case because there's lessons that happen every time you do fail. That's why I don't really believe in failure as a concept, but it's more kind of a, a teachable moment because not everything you do is meant to come to fruition or meant to succeed, quote unquote, however you define that as, and there's some type of lesson that you have to learn there. So, you know, is that something you should fear or or be against? No, I think you should learn the lesson, <laughs> right? If you were meant to sell those 10 sneakers and you sold two, why did you sell the two? Was it because those two were the ones that, you know, your, your family members <laughs> agreed to buy, but you never actually put up a post? You never actually put effort into actually selling the shoes, right? Like there's reasons for why whatever is going to happen is going to happen. So... Uh, I would say coming from a Caribbean to non-Caribbean household, that like from a Caribbean perspective, at least from my Caribbean household perspective, I would say that is one. Yeah, that is one perspective that I think is different than maybe non-Caribbean homes. Uh, but also you can look at other households and there's research that speaks to like how failure is handled in Japanese culture or other cultures. So, yeah, I, I think so. All right. So question four, what happens when you fail? When you fail, you learn. Uh, because like I said earlier, ultimately, we, <laughs> the universe has a really funny way of sending or creating scenarios for you to go through. And I think that if you ultimately are not learning those lessons when we quote unquote fail, then you're going to have these repeated scenarios come down your pathway or you experience or endure during your life until you learn that lesson. So similar to like when people, and again, I would not consider like failed marriages. I don't even like that terminology, but marriages that didn't work out uh, for the long haul, right? That, you know, if you keep attracting the same person and keep marrying the same person, are you going to keep likely having those outcomes. Yeah. Because you're not learning. You're not understanding. Hey, you might be into X, but you really, that X is not good for you. (laughs) Or this is creating a, a scenario that's creating more havoc in your life. You've got to learn to change. You've got to learn to evolve. So if you don't change and you're just going to keep reliving that same scenario. Yeah, I think when people fail, they're usually disappointed about the situation. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I don't know if everybody feels this way, but like you were saying, the hope really is that you learn from the outcome Mm. and then maybe next time it improves your odds of succeeding when the same task comes up or whatever it is you were trying to achieve. I think that's how it should actually happen. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know if everybody's going through that in their mind though. But that's what needs yeah. to be happening is what was the learning mm-hmm. aspect of this. Yeah. I think it's also hard because emotionally we get so I know for myself, I, at least I can even say that if you have an experienced moment of failure, it's so emotionally devastating that sometimes it's hard to get through that cloud of disappointment to see on the other side, what was the purpose of this, right? And that that's really what you have to do. You have to quickly overcome the emotional drainage that's happening and say, oh, 
what is the lesson here? But a lot of people don't want to go there. They don't want to have that self-awareness and kind of get and It there. depends on how big the failure was. Because yeah. some failures yeah. get you injured, too. Yeah. Some failures uh, take your life. <laughs> yeah. See? So that's, so, it could depend. Yeah. Absolutely. It could take, take away your well-being. There's a lot of absolutely. things that Or happen. even your cognitive ability. Like, it, yeah. it becomes, it can be very dangerous. So that's, that's what why makes it hard to recover it. from yeah. it. Yeah. Question five. How have you dealt with failure in your life? How have I dealt with failure? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that some people, they choose not to acknowledge it. But mm-hmm. for me, I look at it as a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. So as I was saying before, next time a similar situation arises, I can succeed and not fail. So I always look for the lesson and I don't just take it as, oh, mm-hmm. this was bad. But it does take some time. So mm-hmm. first I let it sink in and I, I got to just take my moment. And mm-hmm. know what happened. Mm-hmm. And then I look at, well, what could I have done to mm. done better or get gotten closer to where I want it to be? Gotcha. So I go through kind of like a couple of steps to get me there. But I think the first thing is letting it sink in that it's actual reality. Because I think sometimes we deny the failure to mm-hmm. do. We'll be like, well, did I really fail? Or mm-hmm. did that really happen? Or maybe you, know, you try to do kind of like, uh, I wanted this to happen. Or yeah. you try to make sense out of it. But... I think you first just got to accept what actually happened. And then from there, Mm -hmm. you can like move on and look for what what to do better next time. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's very logical. And, you know, I I totally agree with that. I think for Mm -hmm. me personally, given kind of what I've shared already contextually, failure has been something that I've I've really had to work with dealing with because I have feared it for many, many years. And uh, now, you know, as I grow personally and professionally, the key for me now is just looking at it as like uh, we've been talking about these moments to learn. But also, I think what I still struggle with, definitely professionally, uh, even more so than personally, is the sometimes you, you have to also play a role in the failures, like owning other people's failures, which is really challenging for me. Because again, it's like, I personally like detest it, detest failure. Owning owning others? Yeah. Like owning as a leader, you have to. Oh yeah. That counts as you. Yeah. Yeah. And that to me, that piece right there is really challenging because as a leader, uh, you, you obviously want to win (laughs) and you want everyone working with you to win. And sometimes that's not all the, all the way the possible possible ways so i think just learning to understand that like even if it's other people's failures if that failure is imbued upon you not again getting so emotionally attached to that but again how can you grow your team or grow the from that learning moment even if you are not the reason (laughs) for why you have to learn it's still going to better you and and you're still there's still a lesson to be learned here but it's like to your point it is not easy and it is a multi-step process and it takes time it definitely is not something where if you struggle with fear of uh, failure that you're somehow going to be over it in two days like it's (laughs) it's going to take some time but i think just being honest with yourself and also honestly figuring out why you personally struggle with it or what your challenges are with failure it will help you in the long run yeah it's definitely good steps Mm -hmm. question six what has been the biggest lesson learned from past failures Oof, gosh that ultimately (laughs) You know, I always thought growing up that you you could kind of just win, 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 and you wouldn't you could try to really escape failure. But I think now, ultimately, for you to really get to the highest peaks of your life and the highest peaks of success, 
you probably are going to have to fall down and you're probably going to have to fall down a lot. And that sounds really scary and defeatist in nature, but it isn't because every time you fall, it's an opportunity to get back up. And when you get back up, you get, you can rise higher than where you were before. So that part is really scary, but it's also like, it's also kind of interesting because it's like, Okay, so for me to really be my best version of myself, the best mother I can be, the best wife and friend and daughter I can be, I have to stumble and I have to sometimes I fall on my flat on my face. But, you know, how much further will I really grow and get? So I think that's the biggest lesson so far that you got to fail. <laughs> All right. I've learned that people don't always say what they mean mm. in past failures. That's what it's taught me. Oh, and sometimes you have to go beyond what you're told and figure out the objective reality of the situation. So people mm. will tell you things that in their mind it's true, but it actually is not even close to the truth. Yeah. So that, that's a big thing for me is trying to figure out what's really happening as opposed to what somebody's telling me is happening. Gotcha. Liars, liars. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's contributed to failures that I've had. It's almost to your point that mm-hmm. when somebody else's failure helped contribute to my failure. Yeah. Like them failing to recognize that they were doing something wrong. Yeah. And then me basing my decisions off of that mm. wrong thing they were doing. So yeah. now I kind of know better. Oh, awesome. Okay. So then question seven, is it possible to avoid failure altogether? Only as a transcendent human, you can do that. We're currently humans are people and they're oh, prone okay, to too cool. many failures just by nature's design. So are you suggesting about when we're living in a multiverse universe or something? No, I'm suggesting when human evolves, when once humans evolve. If that's a possibility, yes. It's not if, it, it's definitely. Matter of one. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a possibility already. That's, that's for sure. Okay. Will it happen? It's as long as humans are around long enough, it'll definitely happen. Okay. So it's gonna, it's, but you it's think gonna when occur. through human evolution, then the ava- avoidance of failure isn't a possibility. Yeah, it actually will be. You, it won't be a. I mean, but it's funny. I guess you, it's how you define failure because yeah. the one thing. So one way you can make it so no matter what, it's impossible to avoid failure is mm-hmm. if you say you can. You can know everything in the universe, something like that. Just make it such a big task. You'll you'll fail at that, like that, or you'll know what the meaning of life is truly for all species. Well, yeah, then you would fail at that. See, so so I guess technically it's impossible, even if you were the transcended human, because there's certain things that just will never, yeah, will never be possible. (laughs) Not for humans, at, at, at least for humans. Gotcha. Okay, I would say no as well because. Ultimately, if you don't fail, you don't learn. And if you don't learn, you don't grow. And to your point, human evolution, I guess, would be inevitable as long as we exist like any other creature. So, yeah. Okay. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Question eight. Is failure necessary? (laughs) Uh, Again, as a kid, I would have wanted to say no. As an adult, uh, it's a hardcore yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't even think it's optional or even, you know, can we try to avoid it? I think, no, you can't avoid it. And you actually need to, to actually really achieve true success. You have to fail. And I agree with you. I just think mm-hmm. failure is the easiest way for humans to learn. Mm. You achieve through, you, that you can achieve things through not, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically not, not accomplishing it. It's, it's a weird thing, but. It's just easier for mm-hmm. at least the. I think animals do it too, though. It's not 
just humans. Yeah, all mm-hmm. animals go Creatures. through failures. Yeah. And then they learn, oh, I shouldn't do that. Like, that's a poisonous tree. I'll never eat from there again. Mm. And compared to, all right, let me study this tree and figure out, is it poisonous? Like, the mm-hmm. easiest way is just to try it. And if it was poisonous, it was. And it if was, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't. So yeah, it's it's like, it, it's a little, it's easier. That's what I think about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, question number nine, who helped you learn how to deal with failure? I think my teachers in elementary school helped me deal with failures. Mm-hmm. They showed me the lessons you could learn from failing and how to overcome mm-hmm. the same failures in the future. Awesome. So they were very helpful in me getting over failing. Because as a mm-hmm. child, children do not like to fail. Yes. <laughs> they yeah, get absolutely. very upset about it. Yeah, yeah. It's extremely emotionally triggering and very upsetting. I would say, yeah, for me, failure, the concept of failure and really having a healthier relationship with it really became came to fruition in my adulthood, uh, to your point uh-huh. about. And so mo- mostly professional development books and maturity. And then also I would add in like certain evangelistic content. So I'm a huge fan of Pastor Stephen Furtick. He has spoken to the connection between uh, spirituality, Christian, Christian religious beliefs and failure and like life. He likes to fold in kind of how to be a better person through evangelism right and through through his christian belief system that he preaches about and so i would say i have found that to be helpful but mostly professional development books yeah not like people yeah <laughs> all right well them books help out yeah question 10 how are you prepared to deal with failure in your childhood not at all it was an unacceptable idea notion it was like the, the equivalency of going to hell failure was not an option yes it was like i would rather die (laughs) to be honest that was like i was intently against it and i realized now the error of my ways i probably could have learned and grown a lot more if i had a healthier attitude towards it but how about you i don't think i was necessarily prepared either but Mm -hmm. i did know how to move on from the failures at hand it wasn't something that put me in a deep slump so Mm -hmm. i could move on for it but i don't think i was (laughs) like really prepped Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Question 11. How have you dealt with failure in your career? They have not shaken me in one bit because oh. I know every failure is a teachable moment. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it hasn't, yeah, I don't know. It, it hasn't actually been a big issue for me, mm-hmm. failure in, in my career. I, I know that it, that's just part of the learning process. And it's, mm-hmm. and it actually, to me, it's easier in my career because I see everybody failing. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so that's what makes it easy when you see other people failing yes. at tasks too. You're like, well, right. they're failing too. So it's got, kind of, and I just say that based on just the most companies miss deadlines, and I think of Correct. that as a failure. So that would be a point me, of failure. So yes. me seeing that, I didn't in school like when you missed the deadline, that was kind of it. But mm-hmm. when I went on to my career, I saw that oh, missing deadlines was kind of normal. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's so what I've seen in so my in your career. Professional life failure is more normalized. Yeah, failure is normalized. Oh, Even school was different for me. School wasn't. I was like, yeah. yeah, you know that hurt you, but I found out in my career. Well, yeah, you know things fail and you, you, well, we move on. Moving targets. We figure and, out how to do better. Yeah, but, yeah. But but we we set these expectations and mm-hmm. they're not actually achievable. And it, that's mm-hmm. it's just a normal thing i didn't i didn't know that though as a child no no absolutely <laughs> yeah your your attitude and your experience with yeah, failure you, changes you actually learned that it's yeah. it's pretty normal i guess yeah. interesting okay so i would say in my career and i've had the fortune of being able to have to work in multiple different industries and in multiple different roles and have different leadership titles and each and every time that i've had a, a moment a failure moment 
they've been an, a really interesting opportunity to learn more about myself as a contributor, as a leader, as, as a person who has really high standards in just everything I want to do. I have a passion for excellence. And I think that you have actually taught me that not everyone is working to be their best self like I am. And I'm not winning at that at all times, but I generally have a standard of where like mediocrity is offensive. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I really, I, I'm, I'm challenged. I'm challenged by that on multiple levels because a lot of people like to your point, yeah, will accept failure and normalize it. And, yeah. and so not to say that that is bad, but it, but it also, it's a thin line, right? Because you don't want people walking on the line of being like, well, everyone fails. So why even try? Right. Because that's definitely <laughs> not where innovation lies because we have to still work towards being our best selves, but have a, a spirit of flexibility and a spirit of, Hey, it's okay to miss that deadline or Hey, it's okay to adjust timelines as long as we're still moving forward and not kind of like in a space of mediocrity is a okay. And we're just going to see what happens. Like, I, I don't think that that's the most innovative way to, to live or, or to conduct, to, to conduct business. But yeah, I, I guess I would say it doesn't shake me, but it, it does make me have to pause and say, Hey, Tosh, is there something I could learn about myself? Or, Hey, is there something I need to learn about this situation? Hey, Tosh, am I attracting a certain failure point? Right? Like it really does. I think it's a in your face moment of got to take self reflection. Let me be self aware and then move forward. Cause if you don't do that, then you risk not learning these lessons that are kind of being smacked across your head. And then you just continue to can, you know, kind of really be upset and, you know, it's just not a good look. (laughs) Sure. Question 12. How do you plan to teach your son about failure? Our little Bambi. Okay. So I plan, and I look forward to hearing what you say, but I think my, based on my life and my professional career as of right now, I would say, I would want him to understand that I do want him to share in my passion of excellence and to be his most excellent self, which again, I'm not saying that's get a 90 and everything. No, absolutely not. But to do your best effort, right? Because again, you may not be able to control an outcome, but you definitely control the effort and the mindset you put towards anything in life. So as long as you're bringing your best A game there, then outcome or not doesn't matter. (laughs) I could care less. So I just want him to understand that that Best effort might result in a really poor outcome, but to still smile, to still be grateful and to really dive deep in understanding what was that lesson that needed to be learned here, talking with us, being honest with us, and also understanding that some failures help realize that this isn't your dream or this isn't, there are things that you start that you might not want to finish. Is that a failure? Is that a moment of truth? Right. So like just being open, being open through the process. Hey, on the hit there. This is Carlos Hernandez from Crediverso. You're now listening to Woken Free. Woken Free. Woken Free. Woken Free. Woken Free. The podcast that keeps it real and honest. So the way that I would teach them about failure is more from like a scientific method. Okay. So I'll teach them that failure is a way to collect data. And the more you collect, the more you learn. So mm. therefore you can form a theory based off of all these basically experiments so mm. I, I would, I'd want to teach them that it's not something to be scared of, but it's a way that you can learn and you can learn a lot faster than if you're just mm-hmm. just trying to think about what you might try. Just go out and try it. Try your hypothesis out, see what happens, mm-hmm. and then keep trying, see where it gets you. 
Interesting. But also have some caution, right? We're not going to jump off bridges and see what happens, right? No, so it's like if you're trying to (laughs) shoot a ball through a moving net that's Mm -hmm. like floating on the pool, you know, what should you do to guarantee you could get the ball in there each time? Like, how can you do that? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) You could have safety a part of that. You can. Excellent. Yes. Safety measures are necessary. Thank you, you. If you like. Yes, yes, I do like, yes. Okay. <laughs> Question 13. What's the best advice you've heard when it comes to dealing with failure? That every failure is a teachable opportunity. I don't know where I heard that from, mm-hmm. but it tells me that failures are great moments or failures are great moments of clarity. Mm, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. So on Forbes.com, and again, all links that we refer to or research, guys, you can find on WokenFree.com for the episode. So Thomas Edison once said, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't, that won't work. I, I love that. Yeah, that's a good one. Because it, essentially, yeah, it wasn't it on his 10,001th try that he found the light, like discovered the light bulb or made it work or something? Like, Oh, I can't tell you exactly. Okay, but there was, some, there was something <laughs> where he did like thousands. I believe, I, I believe that's why he's referencing the 10,000 here. Yeah. Uh, and so the thing is, sometimes you're going to have to try something a lot. And for a very long time <laughs> before it works. And I know that contextually that's really challenging in our society because we have these unicorn businesses and unicorn leaders in our world who oh. have made, have made such tremendous success in a way that hasn't been done before in business or in technology. And so now the youth is kind of under this misguided belief that like, I can go out here and I can just get venture capitalists funding and I can just start this crazy awesome business and da, 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 da. you know, and again, we don't need to drop names or any of that stuff, but it's really just about the idea that like every journey and every business and every industry is different and every entrepreneur and every person uh, trying to achieve something has a different narrative. And so for some people, it's a 30 year journey. For some people, it's a six year journey. For some people, it's a 10 year or 15 year. And so it's really important to hone in on your journey and learn along the way and not keep comparing your successes or failures to other people's journeys because you're not in their shoes. You don't have their lifestyle, their, their networks. Like you are you and they are they. And well, the biggest <laughs> thing is things. the biggest thing is to think about is we just see the success. We don't see all the failures. Correct. We don't know the algorithms of these search engines mm-hmm. and how they were able to get to that. We don't know how many algorithms didn't really work as well right so Mm -hmm. that's one way to put it we only see the success we don't see all the failures because then we'd be like wow why would you even continue exactly exactly absolutely question 14 have you read a book that has helped with dealing with failure if so why Absolutely. So we are big practitioners and fans of the law of attraction. And so my book of choice here would be The Secret because it helped me understand as, and this is the piece that really I never even understood before we became practitioners of law of attraction, which is the a wonderful guide in understanding what you're attracting. <laughs> because sometimes failure is looked upon as just like this, like random incident that's happening. But unfortunately, <laughs> And fortunately, we are attracting uh, like attracts like, right? And so when we are experiencing moments of failure, are they just happenstance happening in our life? Absolutely not. We're attracting. And I know that that's a challenging statement for people, but you attract the good. So you also have to attract the bad. And and a lot of these times we're attracting these moments because there's something we need to learn and move on from. So that was a that I think was super helpful and enlightening for me. For me, it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad Mm -hmm. that taught me that everything you think you know was not true. So (laughs) 
I, I mean, oh, that's interesting. What I used to think is that you know, failing in school meant you wouldn't be successful in life. But what I learned in that book is that's not, it's the exact opposite. How you do in school doesn't decide your success for the rest of your life. And I didn't, mm. I'd never even thought mm. like that. Mm. I thought, yeah, mm. you do great in school, then you're, you're fine. It's, yeah. it's, it, it doesn't matter. But I, I, from that book, I saw that you can fail in school and be really terrible and still be hugely successful at life. I didn't know that 100%. was even an option. Yeah. I never knew that at that point. So that book really opened my eyes to yeah failure and what it really means yeah it'll be interesting to see with our son uh kind of the rhetoric and the content that he is exposed to to i mean obviously we're going to expose him to that type of content to understand that failure in school is completely irrelevant to failure in life like two separate narratives but it would be interesting to see what is the some of the content they are sharing in schools today because i would hope that after all these years of fastens when we were like in elementary school that they're sharing stories of people who War, were that didn't C do great in school, DC, really? Yeah, but it's kind of like dogging is, yourself. It out. is. It's <laughs> counterintuitive, but I've been. But that's the reality that we're living in. So to to not should be share that is like that's an injustice. Because then it'd be funny though. <laughs> so then it, I think it would get you upset. Because then why would people want to perform their best that they know they could fail and then do something else? To be successful Because it, it doesn't mean that because you were poor in school that it's an automatic success in life. It's it means not, that yeah. you had a, you still had an out on, and, and being able to be successful, but it didn't mean that journey is even easier, right? What It might be easier to succeed if you did <laughs> have a, a, a clearer path to the journey. But I, I understand what you're saying. It, it's you have it's a thin line. You don't yeah, want you gotta people to Yeah, you got to be careful because people will be like, well, hey, I'm not going to even all. try on this. <laughs> yeah. no, you told me I don't need to, so yeah. why should I? But I don't think you should hide that fact. <laughs> Because then they come out of school feeling like they've been bamboozled. But then that's what happens. And yeah. so that that's not really appropriate either. Interesting. So question 15. Is there a celebrity or public fi- figure's failure story that really moved you? Yeah, I think one of the popular ones is Einstein. He's a great mm-hmm. figure to look at because he actually did really terrible in school and almost dropped out. Yet he was able to persevere and become the renowned science- scientist we all know today. And mm. you know, with all of his, his theories that we actually use and benefits us in our modern technology. So that's true. I, yeah. I think that's interesting. Super compelling. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So if anyone's ever seen the pursuit of happiness, I think that storyline is super, super helpful and motivating on, you can find again, all links to uh, what we're referring to on wokenfree.com in the episode. And just to share a little bit about the uh, pursuit of happiness story. So this is about uh, a 20 at the age of 20 Milwaukee native, Chris Gardner, just out of the Navy, arrived in San Francisco to pursue a promising career in medicine. Uh, Considered a prodigy in scientific research, he surprised everyone and himself by setting his sights on the competitive world of high finance. Yet no sooner he landed an entry-level position at a prestigious firm than Gardner found himself caught in a web of incredibly challenging circumstances that left him as part of the city's working homeless with a toddler son. Motivated by the promise he made to himself as a fatherless child to never abandon his own children, the two spent almost a year moving among shelters, uh, hotels, soup lines, and even sleeping in the public restroom of a subway station. But he didn't give up hope. <laughs> he kept pushing through, which is what you kind of see in the movie with Will Smith and Jaden Smith, right? And uh, and it's a really touching movie. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in the film actually is when Jaden is trying to make a what's that called when you shoot the basket into the hoop right uh, uh. slam dunk okay <laughs> <laughs> 
smart Khalil. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and think Will turns to him and is like, you know, basketball is not really going to be like a future for you. You shouldn't really think about this. And then Jaden's kind of upset and he just takes the basketball and he kind of like puts it in a, like a plastic bag. And then uh, Will Smith looks at his son and he, he realizes that he's kind of like, just kind of poo pooed his dreams, right? Like, and maybe he didn't really want to be a basketball player, but nonetheless, it was a very kind of deflating moment for his son. And he said, look here, don't ever, don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something just because they can't do it. And, and you have to protect, if you have a, a dream or a goal, you have to protect it no matter what. And I just thought that that's just like such a powerful thing because people a hundred percent will tell you all the different ways that you can't do something when they've never tried it or they've tried it and failed. And it's just yeah. so interesting that people are so eager to tell you how you can't do something instead of the opposite and trying to encourage you to say, wow, that's so great. You know, do 10 more shots, not you can't do it. Like, why yeah. do we go there? Why, why, you know, so definitely encourage people to check out Pursuit of Happiness. It's a uh, incredible, incredible film and uh, really motivating to, to also see it from that parent perspective as we become parents of our son, you know, and, and it's a whole other ball game when you're trying to achieve success and have a little one like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Question 16. How has failure changed your life? Ultimately, I would say it's made me stronger. It's made me more determined uh, as a human. You know, I believe human beings are like Teflon. I believe we can take anything. And, you know, for my faith based background, I would say <laughs> growing up, you know, uh, there was a phrase that was always said, which is, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can bear. Right. And you can change that, interchange that out with the universe, you know, kind of gives you things that you should handle or can handle and whatever orientation of that phrasing you you want to use to make it work for you. But ultimately there's nothing in this world that will defeat you uh, more than your own mind. So if you can believe in yourself, if you can believe in a future that you want for yourself, you absolutely can achieve it. But the minute you don't, uh, the minute that you start to start to doubt yourself, that's where failure can start to happen. Moments of failure and also, like you said, also you can be so crippled by failure that you don't even begin a journey. Yeah. And again, whose fault is that? True. Failure has taught me what I've been alluding to before, but that I don't know everything. And there's always <laughs> something to learn. And a lot of people think they know it all. So <laughs> Yoda would be very proud of you. At least now I know <laughs> that I don't know it all. Have, would and you will never know it all. That's true. But would you ever say the phrase, I know nothing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit too bold for me. That's too, too bold hardcore. for my blood. Yeah, my blood does not build. That I mean, way. one could argue: Do we what? even know anything comparatively to so how much there is to know in the world? Like but that doesn't matter. Maybe we know no, nothing. <laughs> but no, but that's impossible to know nothing yeah. because there's not even a true thing as nothingness. Nothingness that's is true. a fiction. It's not the yeah. Well, the absence of something, I guess, right? But, but some, everything is there's something yeah. everywhere. Everywhere mm-hmm. is something. That's what we found. True. That's how, that, at least in this universe, there is no space of nothingness. Gotcha. It doesn't exist. As of what we and know the, now, yes. Okay. <laughs> that's impossible. Come on now. Question 17. Do you deal with failure differently in your personal life versus your professional life? I think I take them both very similarly. Mm-hmm. What can I learn from what I didn't accomplish? What mm-hmm. can I do differently? Those are the kind of questions I ask. I mean... Mm-hmm. I guess in my personal life, maybe I take the failures harder than in my professional life. That would be about it. Mm-hmm. I think I think it hits it hits harder when it's personal. Mm-hmm. Professional life, I don't I don't take it personal. I kind of understand that's mm-hmm. just part of the 
that that Part it's a possibility test, yeah. and it, it can happen. But personally, I feel it's almost like I feel more responsible for personal mm-hmm. failure compared to professional. Mm. I guess that's the difference. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I would say professionally, it's really important for me to always appear as much as possible as logical and and professional and grounded. And so I would say I'm probably more in control of my emotions in a professional manner than I would be personally. I think personally, it's easier to blow up on people uh, and wow. to be more emotionally vulnerable and open. I feel like I don't necessarily always feel that way professionally speaking. So I would say that I would probably respond more calm and collected, even though I'm a very passionate person, passionate person. So like you definitely, when you talk to Tasha, it's like, woo, like you're in it to win it. Uh, <laughs> but I would say I'm, I still have, I think a little bit more grasp of my emotions professionally, but only like a smidgen. Yeah. Tiny <laughs> only <bit>. a smidgen. <laughs> yeah. Because it is really hard because I, I take everything, as you know, very seriously. And yeah. I take the standard of excellence, like to heart, like, if I have to lie down on a cross for this, I will. Like, this is Yikes. a burden that I bear. And I understand it was ingrained in me. But I do honestly believe that is the the most appropriate approach to take in life. I just don't understand why. And we've talked about this over and over again. As a person of color, to be alive means that I owe to my ancestors, people who were enslaved, the the <laughs> the opportunity to live my most incredible life. And if I do anything less than that, I'm doing an injustice to my ancestors. And I just, I cannot live with that. And so I'm extremely passionate about being phenomenal as much as possible. And it, <laughs> yeah. it drives me and other people crazy. <laughs> But that's where I that's where I'm drawing my lane and my line in the sand. So Okay. Well, mm-hmm. Question eighteen. What has been the most meaningful failure moment in your life to date? Ooh, so this is gonna be interesting. So I went to New York Law School and I started law school when pretty much the economy kind of went tank <laughs> and it went opposite and it was not good in New York City. It was not good in this whole country. I mean, it was, you know, there was global implications of when we had the 08 crash, right? And for me, it was, I would say the biggest failure to date was after like going through law school and again, having people telling me I couldn't get in or that I wasn't going to succeed or I wasn't going to pass the bar exam and proving all of them wrong. I succeeded. I graduated cum laude. I passed the bar exam, the New York bar exam the first time I took it, uh, which is, you know, not an easy feat. It is the second hardest bar exam to pass at the time. I know the bar exam has changed since, but nonetheless, it was, you know, quite challenging. And I was out in these streets, like, interviewing like crazy. I was really interested in, in uh, trust and estates law or real, real estate law. But for some reason, it just wasn't clicking interview after interview. People were not ringing my phone, <laughs> trying to get me to come in. And so that actually, that experience led me down this road of kind of being a non-traditional attorney where I learned uh, how to to change everything from understanding the errors I was making during that interviewing period in my life to keeping my eyes open on the reality of the fact that like, Hey, yeah, I'm a lawyer, but do I have to be a lawyer to, to actualize other dreams that I want? Hey, could I take this incredible knowledge and training and become and evolve into someone who I am today, who is someone I'm very proud of, someone who's multi-talented, multifaceted, and yeah, like it, it set the tone for creating a new version of Tasha that I didn't even know I would begin now. I always was interested in entrepreneurship and media and things like that. But, you know, by having that quote unquote failure of not being able to 
be that traditional attorney and having to be a non-traditional attorney, it created a whole other path for myself. But some people could just see that as just a failure. And I see it as like uh, an evolution of, of who I am. I became, I shed a skin and kind of became a different version of myself. So I would say that's been meaning, most meaningful to date. So you exited the cocoon and became a butterfly. A wonderful way to summarize, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one way to do Grazie. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think my moment was when I failed to get into a ton of these colleges that I applied to because mm. I was aiming to get into some very big high profile ones, but mm. I didn't really know why I wanted to go to those things. I think <laughs> it was just from the prestige and what I was told. And yeah. I didn't really have an, uh, any affinity towards them, though, to be honest. Interesting. It made more sense to go to, to the college that I intended uh, one week. I think it was an engineering camp. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that. So that's why I ended up going to Penn State. <laughs> that was a really fun program. We did mm-hmm. lots of engineering mm-hmm. stuff and I had a tie to it. I really liked the campus. And yeah, that's, of course, the college that I ended up going to. Of course. And Not that's... the other ones that I didn't really know much about. And yeah. they were just that just they, a name. And they didn't really. Yeah. yeah, they didn't call to me. So mm-hmm. I should have known that the. There was so there was a reason for that. At first, I didn't. You know, I was upset. I was. I wanted to get into every college I applied to, but yeah, didn't go that way. Exactly. And hello, sitting next to you was the reason I might have met. A, to... I might have met my lover there. Yeah, exactly. I and your have. baby on the you way. You call that destiny, mm. but I don't. I don't believe in destiny is the only yep. problem because it's a fact. <laughs> Just because me and you shared the the same space, you know, billions of years ago doesn't mean that we're destined to be together. Or it doesn't. I don't know. If there's a big crunch, then we are destined You're to be so together. Because our, if our atoms join back together, then we are destined. Well, what are you suggesting? We, I'm just suggesting we were together, like, at one point in history. Me and you were made of the same matter. We, we are made of the we're same We're going matter. down a different dark path here. <laughs> well, it used to be a dark around. path until oh, the light God. came. Oh, God. <laughs> But there was there was a point when me and you were the same. And you asked me why I pray. Yep. <laughs> no, but me and you, we were actually the same. Like one, there was no telling us apart. You're on a different type of thing that we need to discuss. Oh, okay. A whole other different episode. All right. Question nineteen: Is failure predictable? I think that depends. Mm-hmm. If you predict a failure, then it is more likely to occur. That's mm. pointing back to the law of attraction. You were mm-hmm. talking about that earlier. And I think it's better to actually plan for success. And then you deal with the failures after the fact. Because the thing is, if <laughs> you got to be careful. You plan all these failures and how you can fail. And then, of course, one by one, mm-hmm. each of those failures start to happen because you're mm-hmm. kind of like gravitating towards it. It's, you're attracting them. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. You got to be very careful with that. Absolutely. So pragmatically, I think it's important to see risks, right? And concerns whenever you have a a, a plan or initiative. However, yeah, you have to, it's a thin line between understanding your risks and and then attracting those risks, which it's it's, it's challenging. It takes time to figure out like, in theory, could XYZ happen? Yes. But do you believe XYZ will happen? If you're, if your answer is yes, that's where you start to start to attract those scenarios. So you really want to understand risk, but not believe in every risk 
because then you will be upset. Because <laughs> I guess you could say the thing like, yeah, any of these risks, uh, anything's possible, feasible, right? Yeah. But what's going to happen though? Yeah. You and think so, like and that. Then you'd be like, all those are possibility, about, but yeah. this is what's going to happen actually. Exactly. You can exactly. go like that way so, too. Yeah. So like understanding what is feasible versus what you actually plan to happen, and the failure should not be a part of the plan because yeah. <laughs> you should not plan to fail. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I actually think that failure is predictable. I think it's predictable in a, a couple of uh, situations. A, when there's going to be a lack of effort or a lack of a positive mon- mental attitude. Also, poor support for yourself or the endeavor itself. Also, a lack of self-awareness, a lack of self-belief, kind of like what you're speaking to. And also a lack of innovation or refusal to embrace change. Sometimes oh, wow. we, we get so <laughs> caught. Yeah, we get so caught up and we can only do. So, and this is this applies to me. Like I have to throw shade on me, which is, as you know, right. I like to do things. And if I find a way to do it, I want to keep doing it a million ways. Yeah, you love that. <laughs> I love to. I love a good oh, process. Man. I love a good routine. Like that's like that's like sexy talk to me. Like, ooh, that's my jam. Give it to me. Like, <laughs> But in life, you have to, you have to pivot. You have to have that spirit of flexibility, right? And, and so that's, that's where you can easily fail because if you refuse to stop doing something (laughs) and it's been clear to you that, oh, this isn't working, then whose fault is that? Right. So I think it is predictable for sure. Definitely. Question 20. Should you expect to deal with failure in life? Ah, so the expectation of failure. Uh, I would say you should foresee failure. Should you embrace failure? Yes. But do you want to like automatically say, this is my plan and this is where I, this is probably where I'm going to fail? No. Uh, but you should be able to foresee the risks, but not, not say definitively, this is where you're going to fail because then, then you are creating those moments of failure as opposed to having them happen and then learning to deal with it it's i think it's a it's a thin line there's a distinction but yes so then it's really a yes or no are you you saying not to people should not you shouldn't expect it right like it's a a part of the plan it shouldn't be like okay there's 10 steps and on 10 step six that's where i'm gonna fail like I, i don't think you should do that but if there's a risk associated with each step you should be able to foresee it but not expect to fail because then okay, you're attracting the failure all right so i i see it. i was i was thinking of the question from a little different point mm-hmm. of view because i i was i said yes to this and someone once said that failure is inevitable mm-hmm. so i thought of it as that like you might try new things that no one's ever tried before and most likely that's it's gonna fail, right? Yes. Technically oh, okay. that's a failure. Gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean you don't need you you don't you have don't to try, try again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. You can retry, you can do different okay. things. But it's like if you're trying something like trying to make the first airplane, you're the first. Oof, yeah. You, <laughs> to not, a, a to not expect yeah, yeah, yeah. failure. I mean, to me that seems impossible well, because yeah, it's like, be well, dreaming. it hasn't been done before, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna fail. But those failures are great because mm-hmm. I'm gonna learn from that and I'm gonna see how to improve. So I mean, I guess it, it depends on how you, how you look view at that, it. Uh, yeah. yeah, that what you're saying though makes sense though. Yes. Yeah, because I'm not. I like. I know p- failure sounds on its face like a negative word, but mm-hmm. it depends on how you actually think about it. Correct. And what it means. You can't just say, "Oh, failure is you lose." Like if you think of no. it like that. Then yeah, you would hate the word failure, but yeah. a failure just means hey, now you've learned how to improve your thing and get better. At then something. you would embrace well, it. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. So I was thinking of it from that from point that of view. perspective. No, and that makes sense. And that's cool that we answered it differently from the different approaches. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, last question out of the gate here is question twenty-one, which is what advice you have to share with someone 
one of the Woken Free Nation who might be dealing with failure right now in their life. All right. So I'm going to build off sort of my last thing with the airplane. But Uh to me, failure is an option. And Mm. guess what? You will be better for it. Mm. Take notes on why you failed and what you would do differently if you put in the same situation again. You should ask yourself, what can you do in the future to make your endeavors lead to success? Mm. Like what goal do you have in mind? I mean, if you Mm -hmm. envision it, and something you hit a road bump along the way. There's a reason that that happened, right? It's mm-hmm. going to probably better prepare you for some bigger thing that's coming up. So mm-hmm. don't think of as failure as now you can't achieve your goal. Just think of it as a way, a better way to get to your goal mm. or a faster way to get to your Absolutely. goal. You know, it's, it'll actually, it, it's, it's helping you. That's what you should kind of think of it. It's mm-hmm. like a booster. Absolutely. Like failure equals growth. <laughs> failure equals Yeah, learning. failure is growth. That's Yeah, uh, so it's not a bad thing. And like you said, failure is not a lose it's not a losing proposition. It's actually a, a moment of win. Yeah. Because you you're winning on the fact that like you're saying, if you had to do this again or if you have to do this differently, you now know the path. You now yeah, know, you know how now to kind of like babies. Proceed. When babies are trying to <laughs> walk, they way. fall down until they can figure out how to stabilize. And so every time they fall, technically that's a failure. Like true. So, but, but they still have to get back up to figure out how to walk eventually. So if, you know, if they're able bodied to be able to do that. So, or if they're know. a rat in a maze. Correct. Cause you go to the one wall, that was the wrong way. You <laughs> just turn around exactly. and go to another way. Exactly. Yep. Keep going until you find the correct path. Oh goodness. Technically you fail, but you're just trying to get out that maze. You exactly. don't care. <laughs> exactly. So I would share with anyone who's listening right now, who's dealing with failure, Uh, the following. One, I want you to know that you are capable of handling anything that you will face in life. Please do not ever question that because that is, that's half the battle in winning and having success in your life. And again, success needs to be defined by you, not anyone else. And we've talked about that in a previous episode, which I'm sure we'll at some point revisit success as well on the show. So know that you, you, you got this, right? That you wouldn't be tasked with dealing with it unless you were meant to learn and to grow from this experience. Whatever this experience is, maybe it's in your personal life, maybe it's in your professional life, maybe it's in your relationship, something with your children, something with the environment, whatever you're dealing with, like you've got this. Next. Uh, stop doubting yourself. <laughs> when you make a decision, be definitive. Make it like stick with your decisions and see the outcome. Like you're saying, like make it think about it in science. Life is a, is a yeah. essentially a very, very extended experiment <laughs> and it's multiple experiments. So like make a decision and play it out and see how it goes. Stop, you know, going back and forth. Should I do it? Not do it? Make a decision and go forward. Next, trust your gut. We are told and connected to this universe in ways that you can't even imagine. So if you start to open up your mind and the, and your heart and your possibility of the fact that you actually know what is the right decision for you and that you can actually go forward with what your gut is telling you, again, learn, trust your gut, make that decision and see how does it play out. Maybe you like the outcome, maybe you don't like the outcome, but be proud of yourself of the fact that you made a decision and that you committed to it. And please, 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 I have found this to be personally extremely helpful. Eliminate the negative people and circumstances in your life, even if that means getting rid of everyone. That's extreme. Because those people who refuse to allow you to live are the same people who are refusing you to be your best self. And it may be your parent. It may be your Nana. It may be your brother, your sister, your aunt, your cousin, your girlfriend, your wife. But not a best friend, at least. Could be your best friend. Whoa. 
That's could be crazy. everyone. I, it, even it your best friend could be. It could even you. mean getting a new job. Like I'm a hundred percent in on eliminating negative people and circumstances. I talk to very few people in my world, very few people, and I've never been happier. <laughs> I've never been freer because of that emotional baggage. Guys, and, and so I'm 100% in on telling you, if you want to have a clearer understanding of what your purpose is in this life, of how to learn and grow and evolve, you've got to cut out the nonsense. And people, unfortunately, are the nonsense. The negative, the haters, the people who will tell you you can't do something before, you e- before they even tried it. Cut it out. Live your best life and see what happens what, every, each and every day. And, and I think that with that, those tips and the things that we talked about in this episode... They're golden. They're ready to go. Some good tips there, yeah. Absolutely. Good golden nuggets. Mm -hmm. So we are at that time again as coming to the end of our 188th episode of Woke Woke and Free. Free. Quite the episode (laughs) doing another Woke and Free story time called 21 Questions About Failure. So will we leave you hanging on what our next episode will be about? Drum roll, please. On our next episode, we will be discussing... What is manufactured spending? Make sure you follow us on social media to follow along in the conversation. And make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday to join the conversation at WokenFree.com. Wonderful. So as you guys know, we will be expecting our little one in June. So we're definitely uh, not going to necessarily be looking to add on guests to the show uh, pre-summer. But definitely, if you're interested in potentially coming on at, during the fall period of the, the year, I think that that definitely could be arranged. So if you're interested, let's start the conversation today. Where do you go? You go to our contact us page at WokenFree.com. So that is W-O-K-E-N-F-R-E-E.com. Hit us up on social media. Not for that, but if you want to engage and you want to have some good content, You'll find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Pinterest, on TikTok, on LinkedIn, at Woken Free. And then for all sponsorships or collaborations, always welcome to have a good conversation around business. Hit us up on our contact us page at WokenFree.com. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Remember, Woken Free is more than a podcast. It is a way of life. Until next time.